Couch Talk Sports, August 30th. Like I said on my last episode, it's been over a year since Elijah McCain was killed in Colorado. Those officers have not been arrested. It's been five months since Breonna Taylor's death. Those officers have not been arrested. Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back in Wisconsin. No charge against those officers. Please, please, please arrest the officers. Please arrest those officers in all three different cases. But we're back with another episode. NFL starting in a couple weeks. I got my co-host Jay. How you doing, Jay? How you hanging in there out there? What's up, man? Good to be back on. Just another day, man. Getting ready for this episode. I'm excited to talk about a couple things with you today. Yeah, definitely excited to talk about the NFL, but you know... I had to introduce the podcast like that. It's a lot going on in the world right now, a lot of unrest, but we need to make sure you arrest those officers in all three cases and all the other cases out there as well. Let's move on. Let's move on today. NFL. No bubble. They just bring NFL back. You think the NFL is ready for that? You think they'll make it through the season? I hope so, man. I hope so. It's tough, man, because you see what the NBA is doing in their bubble, and you see all the success they've been having uh, the last couple of weeks. They've been, you know, reporting that they've had zero positive tests, which is awesome to hear. And then, you know, it's good to hear that the players were, well, for some point, we're just focusing on basketball until the last week or so. But, um, yeah, I mean, ideally, you would want a bubble for the NFL just because, uh, you know, it's a safer, especially right now, what's going on. But it's obviously it's two different sports and it's a little bit more complicated. But um, yeah, man, I'm ready for the NFL season to start. Hopefully, we get off to a good start. They limit the negative, they limit the positive test that that they might have. But yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I just want to add. NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Seals did say they did examine a bubble. They took all the measures to try to see if they could put NFL teams in a bubble. That didn't work out. So they decided to go with, you know, just the regular plan, limit travel, limit con- limit contact, social distance, wear masks. It's going to be tough. We saw how baseball started off. You know, baseball started off with a little bit of a tough time. The St. Louis Cardinal players and the Miami Marlins players did test positive. I believe Miami Marlins had over 14, 15 people test positive. And I know the St. Louis Cardinals, which is my baseball team, had about 11, 12 people test positive. You think NFL players will start testing positive once the season starts? I mean, over 80 already tested positive throughout the uh, training camp. How do you see the NFL um, doing without the bubble? Yeah, well, one thing that you do have to factor in, you think that that they have the advantage with is they kind of saw what the MLB was doing and they could kind of see from a perspective of what works and what doesn't. Obviously, one of the things that was causing MLB players for all these positive tests was probably the kind of the lack of discipline because I heard, I guess, there were stories before that, like, I don't know if it was for the Cardinals players or was it the Marlins that they were still kind of, like, going out and Uh having, like, little social gatherings. Both teams. And that's obviously something, yeah, that's obviously something that you want to avoid, especially if you're, like, Roger Goodell and you want to have a talk with the owners and coaching staff and let them know to get on their players, even though, you know, they are professionals and that should be an issue in the first place but yeah but you know one the advantage that Roger Goodell is going to have is kind of seeing what the MLB was trying to do and what worked for them and what didn't um obviously it is more comp 
complicated than in the NBA just because of the roster sizes of each team. We know that the NBA teams carry what, from 15 to 18 players. I think they, yeah. the number mm-hmm. increased a little bit over the past yeah. year and mm-hmm. in the bubble just because, um, I guess, the whole situation they're in and like the players that decided to opt out. But yeah, but it, it's different having a bubble with um, 32 NFL teams throughout the country and having a roster size of 90, even though that they do cut them down to 53 eventually for the season. But it gets trickier than that because ideally you do want the bubble to start at training camp. It's going to be tough for them, man. Um, like this, like you said, there's no bubble. Um, I don't know how in the first place how they could have formatted where like maybe they could do regional like the MLB is doing. But since the schedules already had come out, I guess it was a little too late for them to change it. Yeah, I did hear him talk about discussing putting a bubble in the Washington D.C. area in the, in California. I heard they got multiple multiple stadiums in both um, both states. It was, they're talking about putting the the American AFC American Conference in the D.C. area, putting the National Conference out here in California. I don't know how that would have worked because, like you said, the schedule was already out, but. They discussed the bubble. It didn't work out, so we're going to move on from the bubble. But I do think the NFL had enough money to – I know the NBA paid Orlando $150 million to produce that bubble. NFL has all the money in the world. So if they wanted a bubble, they could have done a bubble. I'm not going to give the NFL credit. I'm not going to take that from the NFL. They didn't try it, but I do think the NFL could have done a bubble if they wanted to do a bubble. Yeah, I just think that it's a little more difficult for the NFL, just like I said, the roster sizes. And then – also, I think for the NFL, ideally you would want to, you think they would like kind of target most of the bigger cities to have that bubble in and kind of maybe break down, maybe you, I don't know how they would do it, break it down by divisions or conferences, however they want to do it. But ideally, because I know we talked about this before in the past, kind of target those big cities that have maybe a bunch of pro sports teams like Los Angeles. I know we talked about that just because of the different types of stadiums that they have. You know, over here, where we have Dodger Stadium. They could have used the Coliseum. They could have used a new Rams and Chargers Stadium, the Rose Bowl. You know, there was Carson. There was about five or six different stadiums that maybe could have been easier for the NFL to use in L.A. And where you kind of maybe isolated a couple of several teams, maybe have a round-robin type of format or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if they really wanted to, and then also time was kind of the issue, too. Because we know the whole COVID situation did start around March, mm-hmm. and the offseason already had started. And they didn't know how difficult or how bad it was going to get here. So um, for them, it was a little bit more trickier compared to the NBA or MLB. But um, I think if they really wanted to, it could have happened. Yeah, speaking of the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers Stadium, is that stadium ready yet? I haven't heard um, officials say that it's officially ready to go. I know NFL is scheduled to start September 10th. They need to hurry up and get that stadium done because um, the Rams play the Cowboys and um, I need to sneak in. No. <laughs> right. Well, last time I checked, was like, like like one or two months ago, was they put a pause to like the reconstruction because employees or the workers that were testing positive for COVID, they kind of had to put a halt to that. But I don't know where they're at with it right now. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a very good question. But moving on, moving on, the NFL, a lot of NFL teams are protesting, they're boycotting due to the Jacob Blake shooting that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You had the Chicago Bears, the New York Jets, the Green Bay Packers, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, 
Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Washington football team. They all protested last Thursday, not practicing in response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake. And this is really big because I think NFL players boycotting could have a bigger impact in basketball due to the NFL is the America's most popular sport. And if NFL teams, NFL players starting to boycott, I think that will have a huge impact on what's going on right now. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, when it comes to situations like this, um, with the whole protesting and the Black Lives Matter movement, you know there's going to be different ideologies and difference of opinions, especially in the NFL. Um, I think, like you said, the NFL does have a, a pretty huge platform. And when it comes to this country, it, it might it probably is the you know most popular sport. So I think that's when, and I think players know that too, that they have to take advantage of the moment. And it's, I don't want to say it's perfect timing because you know, situations like this, you don't want to say there's a perfect timing to it. But um, if, if if something is going to happen, um, it is going to give the players a chance now that they are in training camp and they are together and they have more to do with it. So like we mentioned, um, or like you were mentioning a couple of days ago, some of the teams, you know, uh, boycotted practice due to the situation. Um, and I know two days ago, I, I was reading different reports that some players are mentioning maybe boycotting the first regular season game to kind of get, uh, you know, the attention of owners and, you know, the commissioner and see what they could do, kind of like make a statement. But um, yeah, I think this is the perfect opportunity for the NFL to kind of do something and Roger Goodell, he was doing a couple of interviews a couple of days ago saying that, like, you know, he admitted that he messed up to the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Yes, he did, finally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, if you're Roger Goodell, you kind of want to back up all that talk that you've been doing and kind of making it known that you're with the players and you're backing them up, whether if it's kneeling for the anthem or if they're willing to boycott the first regular season, even though it is going to cost you money. Showing that you do support the players doing that, would, I think, would be a big step in, in the right direction. Yeah, so hopefully they get together and see what happens. And um, whatever the players decide what they want to do, even though I know there are financial things in the way, I think there's a perfect opportunity for Roger to kind of show that, you know, to kind of walk the walk and kind of, you know, give himself credibility when it comes to him and the players. Yeah, I agree. This is a moment for the NFL to try to, you know, take center stage. Um, They can't updo, you know, the NBA because NBA is, and especially the WNBA, I really want to give a shout out to the WNBA women. They're doing a great job. Um, The way the Washington, mixed, Washington Mystics, the Jacob Blake protests or the letter, each woman had a letter, um, letter of Jacob Blake name on the front of their shirt, and then it has seven bullet holes in the back. And that was great. Well, shout out to the Washington Mystics for that. Let's give the WBA a great shout out. NBA's doing a great job. But I think NFL would take it one step farther. Doing it Due to it being the most popular sport, if you cancel the first week of the NFL season or boycott the first week of the NFL season, I would wonder what that would do to you know the country will they do the white how white in america will feel about that because you know white america love their football so i would love to see the nfl players boycott the first week i know the nfl is planning on doing other things near the end zone they're planning on putting in racism it takes all of us it's part of the inspire change initiative so NFL is trying to do some things. They're planning on singing a black national anthem, lift every voice and sing before every game of week one. So NFL is trying, but I really, really want the NFL players to boycott week one. I know we all love the NFL, but I think it'll have a huge impact. Do you agree or do you want to see your Vikings play week one? 
Yeah, man. I mean, I think that would definitely be a big statement. Uh, obviously, as a fan, you do want to see, you know, your teams play, you know, what, eight months since we've seen an NFL game, since February. But obviously, this is bigger than football. And like I mentioned earlier, which is the interesting part of it, especially in the NFL, there's always going to be a difference of opinion when it comes to these things. I know we heard, you know, Pete Carroll kind of talk about it earlier today. I saw that the interview, him, you know, kind of acknowledging that, you know, white male Americans need to be educated more. And he kind of had a, they didn't go too in depth with it, but they had a mention how they had a meeting, you know, in team meeting, and he let the, his players kind of take the lead, and he just wanted to listen, and that's what he was trying to emphasize is like how other races, like the whites, like Hispanics as well, there maybe minorities as well, kind of listen to what the issues of you know what African Americans are going through, and then you see the kind of the other side of it with Bruce Arians, how he how he thought that protesting wasn't gonna make a difference. And um, I actually really disagreed with that because in order to fix any type of problem in life, I think the first step is acknowledging it. And I think that's what these players are doing. It We're finally acknowledging it as a country that it is an issue. And by having these protests and having, you know, these player boycott practice and going to rallies and stuff like that, you're putting the issue on a pedestal and you're acknowledging that it's there, unlike we did before. So, yeah, man, I think this is big. I mean, some people are always going to be saying, oh, well, you know, protesting doesn't do anything. If you, you know, if you want to make a difference, go vote, which is also true. Because I know players and athletes are getting involved with that, opening up certain arenas. Or I think it was all, every NBA arena was going to be available. Yeah, all NBA arenas will be available for voting, yes. Yeah, yeah. over here in L.A., I know Dodger Stadium is going to be open now. You know, LeBron's been really big on that. But the first issue to fixing something or the first way to fix something is admitting that there is a problem. And I think that's what athletes and, you know, every sport is starting to do. Um, We have to acknowledge that it's an issue in this country and we're doing that. So now it's kind of take it to the next step and how we're going to make an impact on change. Yeah, and I think the NFL being the biggest sporting platform in America, I think the NFL is they should be held to the same standard as other leagues. And I think they should want to, you know, do something even bigger than what the NBA is doing. So hopefully they will be doing that. And I also disagree with Bruce Aaron as well. Protesting is something that you need. And I know a lot of NFL players plan on protesting. Some plan on boycotting. I'm looking forward to that. I've seen a lot of tweets out there from Jamal Adams, from the Honey Badger, um, talking about chains. We need more. We need to do this. Owners need to do more. NFL owners. What do you think about the owners? The owners need to do more. I know the majority of NFL owners are white. I don't know if there is a black owner. Is there an NFL, a black owner in the NFL? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I believe don't so. So yeah. I know these owners are probably have some deep roots to their background. I'm not going to, you know, accuse any of the NFL owners for being racist, racist, but we did know, we did see what they did to Colin Kaepernick. You know, they tried to out him, and now, look, we're right back in the same position. If they would have just accepted what Kaepernick was doing, if they would have, you know, just took part in it, if other players would have took part in it. And I also want to see more white NFL players doing stuff as well. I know there's a lot of black NFL players doing some stuff. I know there's some white players doing stuff behind the scenes, but we need more white NFL players to speak out and I don't know if they're scared that you know they don't want to rub anybody the wrong way but we definitely need more white NFL players to speak out about this somebody like Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady these offensive linemen out there so if they would speak up more and stand with their black teammates I think this would make a bigger impact as well so owners white players just need to come together and just you know stand with the black players how you feel about that 
Yeah, most definitely. I know uh, TJ Watt, he's had a huge voice in all this. Um, he's made it known since day one where, you know, he stands and, you know, he's obviously supported the Black Lives Matter movement. And I have seen some white athletes, uh, white NFL players kind of step up and kind of acknowledge that there is an issue. And then knowing that, you know, they have their African-American teammates backs when it comes, if it comes to either kneeling or protesting or whatever. So um, it's a step in the right direction. But like you said, what more can we do? I'm not saying pro all these protests is the only solution or it's, you know, that's all that needs to be done. Obviously, we kind of need to build off of this momentum and kind of take another step. The advantage, like I said, that Roger Goodell and the NFL is going to have is they've seen what the NBA has been doing. They've seen what the MLB has been doing in regards to these protests and how they're kind of voicing out their opinions. They've seen what the WNBA has been protesting. You mentioned like the uh, Washington Mystics, the whole, you know, the Jacob Blake, the shirts with the seven bullets. They're seeing, all right, well, you know, every other league has been this. How can we take it to the next step? And how can we also make an impact and, you know, here, let the world know that, you know, we're a part of this whole BLM movement. So it's going to be interesting. The NFL, you know, season kicks off in, what, 10 days, 11 days? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what they have up their sleeve and see how they could kind of take it out to the right direction. Yeah. Speaking of NFL season, it's going to be a season like no other due to the pandemic. There's not going to be fans allowed at the stadiums. I hear the Miami Dolphins may allow 25% of fans. I hear some other teams may allow, you know, about 20, 25% capacity as well. But it's going to be a different season. Let's just talk. You think they're going to make it through the season? Due to the corona and it won't be canceled, there's going to be a lot of protesting. This is 2020 has been a crazy year. So this season is going to be unlike any other NFL. You're going to have people testing positive for corona. You're going to have people protesting, people boycotting. You think the NFL makes it all the way through? I think they do just because I think the NFL and the owners and Roger Goodell, you know, they're they're gonna they're kind of dead set of, of having an NFL season no matter what. That's what that's kind of the vibe I've been getting from them. So I think there is gonna be an NFL. They will get through the NFL season. Whether it's gonna be impacted in different ways is another question. Like you mentioned, maybe you know big time players might test positive and that might you know kind of change the course of the season. Maybe some of the teams that are you know kind of the favorites right now. They might be affected by it. You know, what if a uh, Patrick Mahomes tests positive, you know, in November, December, and he has to miss some key games down the stretch of the season? What if a Tom Brady tests positive? What if an Aaron Donald, you know, those type of players? I think something like that might happen where, you know, a team might be affected when it comes to their playoff run. When it comes to if we're going to have a full NFL season, I think we will. Um, the NFL is kind of doing whatever it can to kind of meet the safety requirements when it comes to like canceling, canceling the, the preseason. Um, I know they're having uh, players and coaching staff and like, you know, team members test a lot. So they're kind of doing what they can. But at the end of the day, I think there is going to be an NFL season, but we don't know how it's going to be affected. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, your Vikings made a big trade today. I know you're excited. You text me about 10 o'clock in the morning, waking people sure. up and stuff like that. Man, I couldn't even sleep in on a Sunday. Let's talk about that trade. Let's talk about that yeah, trade. Man. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Uh, you know, as a Vikings fan, we're not used to, uh, as a Vikings fan, I'm not used to kind of waking up to some, you know, blockbuster news like that. <laughs> I remember when I woke up, like, at, it was 9 o'clock Pacific time over here. You know, obviously, we live in L.A. So I woke up, and I was still half asleep when, you know, I was checking my phone, because like, obviously, that's, like, the first thing I do when I wake up is check the phone. <laughs> I think that's what everybody um, in the world does, check their phone. Where's my phone? Reaching for their phone. <laughs> 
because yeah, it's a it's a natural instinct at this point. But yeah, man, um, I saw all the alerts that the Vikings, you know, traded for Yannick. It was crazy. Um, and the crazier part about it, there was no rumors at all. I know that last week there was a report that came out that it was uh that Yannick and Gaku, I believe that's how you say his last yeah, name. Uh-huh. I probably butchered it. But mm-hmm. um, I know that there was a report a week, a week and a half ago, saying that a trade was imminent, but no specific team was mentioned. And I know a lot of some reporters and, you know, other writers on Twitter were kind of speculating that maybe it was the Eagles that they wanted another pass rusher or the Jets because they had the salary cap room and they had the draft picks. So those were kind of the teams kind of being linked to him. But when it came to my Vikings, um, there was no real, you know, rumors or reports that they were looking for a trade, even though on paper, you know, we did need the pass rush help. Obviously, with Everson going to your Cowboys, uh, Daniel Hunter, he's been kind of banged up a little bit, hasn't practiced in over a week. I think he's missed like the last 12 practices. We're kind of thin on that position. So getting a pass rusher like him, 25 years old, in the middle of his prime, hopefully we could re-sign him in the long term. But uh, yeah, dude, it's a, it's a win-now move, which is something you always want to see your team do, kind of go for it now, especially when we're not sure how, we're not so sure how the season is going to be affected on with the whole corona and protests. But um, yeah, man, it was a nice little kind of, What's the same fresh or breath, breath of fresh breath air or fresh whatever? Air. Yeah, to kind of see um the Vikings make this move. But uh, yeah, I think we're back in it now. I think we're an elite contender, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it could just stay healthy. They're definitely one of the contenders that's going to uh, make some noise. Their defense is stacked. I think I like the Vikings to take the NFC North. I don't think the Packers are going to really compete this year. I don't know if you guys are going to have much resistance in that division. Um, You got the Lions. You got the Packers. You also have the Bears. The Bears, you know, at the quarterback position are still iffy. They don't know if Foles is going to start. They don't know if Trubisky is going to start. I like the Vikings, but you do have Kirk Cousins. That's always something you got to factor in to the <laughs> into the equation. But you guys have Daniel Hunter, like you mentioned, uh, Yannick. You have Eric Kendricks. You have Anthony Barr, Harrison, Harrison Smith, and Anthony Harris at safety position. You guys are um, pretty much stacked. I, I like the Vikings. Yeah, you can never count out a Aaron Rodgers led team. Obviously, yeah. you know they want. I'm the definitely counting out Aaron Rodgers this year. I don't <laughs> see the Packers doing anything. I seen one of the NFL predictions that had the Packers missing the playoffs. I would definitely agree with that. I think the Vikings should be the front runner in the in the NFC. One of the front runners. You know, you still got the 49ers. You got the Seattle Seahawks who just traded for Jamal Adams. You have the Dallas Cowboys. You have the Philadelphia Eagles, even though their number one uh, wide receiver draft pick just got injured. He got an MRI um, today. I like the Vikings in the in the NFC. Who else do you think going to contend in the NFC? Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned all those teams. We I didn't mention New Orleans. Season. I mean, I didn't mention New Orleans. Let me mention New Orleans now because Drew Brees. We canceled Drew Brees, but he still plays quarterback for the <laughs> New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all those teams that you mentioned, uh, you know, it's pretty clear that the NFC is stacked which makes it so interesting because usually every year there's a kind of that sleeper team that, you know, you don't see coming that they become a contender kind of like what San Francisco did last year went from what three and 13 to making the Super Bowl. Right. But I don't think that's going to happen this year just because how, I mean, nothing will really be surprising. Like everyone likes the Cardinals this year, even though they were like, Five and eleven last year or something like that. Yeah, and I even yeah, I mean I know they got the receiver from the Houston Texans, Hopkins, but I even saw one prediction I have Kyle Murray winning MVP. What do you think about that prediction? <laughs> 
Yeah, I know the Kyle Murray stock is hot right now, man. A lot of people are buying it right now. Um, I was a big Kyler Murray fan in Oklahoma. Uh, I liked him. I never got the whole, you know, he's too small kind of argument. Just because of his arm and his athleticism, I always thought that he was going to make it and he should have been the number one pick. But, yeah, but the NFC West is just loaded in general. You have the defending NFC champions. The Niners still in it. You, you see you have the Seahawks. Um, they made a big move a couple weeks ago in getting Jamal Adams, like you mentioned earlier. The Rams are still, you know, they still got some superstars on there. You know, I do think they will miss the playoffs. But, you know, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, those guys, you know, it's L.A. There's no shortage of star power there. And then the Cardinals, too. But um, there's like a legit 9, 10, 11 teams that, you know, could, he's, could you could make a good argument that they could make the playoffs. But, um, yeah, dude, it's just hard. Like you mentioned earlier, too, the Packers may not even – you're not even picking the – Packers to make the playoffs this year and it's crazy because they're in the NFC championship and they went 13 and three even though I do think their record was a little bit inflated but um it's gonna be a crazy season you know hopefully COVID doesn't damage the NFC title race too much we don't get like I mentioned earlier we don't have a certain superstar from a contending team you know go out or you know test positive so yeah it's gonna be crazy honestly right now it's 50-50. Like I said, you can mention five, six different teams that come out the NFC, and you won't get a lot of argument. But Yeah. You got yeah, um, you, you got Tom Brady taking Tampa Bay to the playoffs? Are you on the bandwagon? Are you one of those? <laughs> I'm Usually, that Tampa team is stacked offensively. And then I'm not one of those people that say, uh, I don't think Tom Brady's done just yet. I still think he does have enough in the tank. You're not, you're not going with Max Kellerman's uh, fall off a cliff theory? Uh, uh, according to Max, <laughs> Brady fell off the cliff like 10 years ago. Uh, I, like, but, uh, I, like, I like Max. I like Max. He, he be schooling yeah. Stephen A in my book. <laughs> he, he has his moments. He has his moments. He has his moments. He just say some nonsense. Just yeah. Running, you know, the, no, Tampa Bay is stacked on offense, but I don't think Tom Brady's going to come in there. I mean, they went 7-9 and nine last year, right? 7-9, 6-10 last year. He could get them a couple more wins, but I see New Orleans winning that division. Atlanta is going to be a little bit better. I'm interested to see how Teddy Bridgewater is going to play in Carolina as well. I know they didn't have a, a, a healthy quarterback last year. They had Cam Newton, and then he got hurt. Then they had a couple backups come in. I think Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good in his games with New Orleans at when Drew Brees got hurt. So I'm interested to see what Carolina is going to do. And they spent all their draft picks on defense. That was very interesting. So um, the new head coach is definitely defensive-minded coach. So you had to pick a team coming out of the NFC. Who you picking? And don't be a homer. Um, right now, just because of all the factor and the whole corona virus, you know how teams didn't really get a chance to uh, do their whole mini camps or rookie camps or whatever. So I think I'm gonna give an advantage to those teams that you know brought a lot of players back and kind of those veteran-led teams where like you know the chemistry is already there and they didn't really need you know that team building or whatever. I'm gonna play it safe for. See, it's tough, man, because I. After the season started, before the whole COVID thing happened, I had the Niners taking it again and going to the Super Bowl just because I still think that they have a pretty good roster defensively. You know, we know what they bring to the table. And I think they got better offensively while drafting IU, you know, keeping George Kittle. They still have a couple of running backs there. But I think if I had to lean right now, and obviously my opinion can't change, of course, <laughs> for the season just because but just say the Vikings just say the Vikings that's what you nah, want to say not the Vikings <laughs> I think I'm going to go 
with the Seahawks, man. Oh, Russell Wilson. I think if they bring back Clowney, I think the Seahawks will make it to the Super Bowl. I really do. Because they came a long way offensively last year. I think they found their number one target receiver. Russell Wilson um, have found the number one target with the rookie uh, wide receiver from last year. And I really think that um, if they bring back Clowney on the defensive side of the ball and he can stay healthy, I do like Seattle. I thought you were going to go with the Vikings there for a minute. I was like, there's no way Kirk Cousins win the Super Bowl. It's just not happening in this gener- you know, in this lifetime. <laughs> I got to be a humble about it, man. I got to stay professional. No, but I, think, I just think the Seahawks have that uh, formula. That's gonna that could lead you to a Super Bowl this year, especially with the whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Have a great coaching staff. Have that you know quarterback that's been there, that elite quarterback in Russell Wilson, who you know is gonna be delivering you know in big games, and he's been there before. You know he's a you know he's been to the Super Bowl twice, has won it once. But you you know you have that kind of combination: great head coach, great quarterback, and when you have those two things, you don't need that much around them obviously they are going to need a, a decent supporting cast but we've seen russell do it you know with mediocre or, or average you know help you know they the past rushing situation does have me a little bit worried because i didn't like what they did in the draft yeah i know that inside a linebacker they got out of texas tech uh you know people have been raving about him so we'll see how that does but i think that uh jamal adams trade kind of boosted him up enough to kind of evil uh, level things up with the 49ers and then you saw it before because I thought on paper roster wise I thought the 49ers had you know way more talent than the Seahawks but the whole Russell Wilson Pete Carroll and they're familiar with the Niners kind of even things up and we saw last year how both games you know the first game in San Francisco you know Seattle took and I believe it went to overtime and then the second game it was the last possession where you know the Seahawks lost it by like a yard yeah um, yeah literally got tackled right before the goal line yeah, so we saw last year how, you know, even those two teams are. So I think the Seahawks, are, I think it's going to be their turn this year, even though they're in the super tough division. You know, we know the Cardinals were making moves this offseason. The Rams are still there. They're, I don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs, but they could be one of those spoiler teams where if you have to play them to get in, they could mess up um, a team season. But I, I got the Seahawks uh, just getting there to the Super Bowl. I like the Seahawks. As I mentioned earlier, several teams can't come out. Several teams can't come out. The New Orleans Saints could come out. The Niners could come out. Seattle could come out. The Vikings could come out. I'm not going to mention the Dallas Cowboys because, you know, they're a mistake waiting to happen in Stephen A. voice. But they do have a lot of talent on the offensive side. They drafted Lamb. They got talent. Defensive side of the ball, I wish they would have traded for Jamal Adams. I wish they would have pulled that plug. But as you said, they did. Get efforts in on the defensive end of the defensive end side of the ball. So I like the Cowboys' chances, but that's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Let's move to the AFC. Wait, hold up. Before we move on, who do you got going to the Super Bowl in the NFC? Uh, I'm not gonna make a pick. I'm not gonna make a pick. I like the Saints. I like the Niners, and I like the Seahawks. Those are my top three. If I had to choose one. I would probably go with the Saints or 49ers, but it's very hard to go back-to-back Super Bowls. You, I don't know if the uh, 49ers have the talent on the offensive side of the ball to do that, but they do have talent on the defensive side of the ball to do that. So if I had to pick, I would pick the Saints, 49ers, or Seahawks to make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. But right. AFC, we're just going Chiefs. That's my pick. I'm done. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes need to do more when it comes to the protests and boycotting. I need Patrick Mahomes just to sit out the first week of the season 
And then after that, he'll lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. That's what I'm going with in AF. Who <laughs> in the AFC side? I mean, you gonna, you gonna pick somebody over at the Chiefs? Maybe the Ravens? You think who's gonna sneak up on them? What do you think? Yeah, I know the Ravens. That's everyone's favorite. Right? Well, not everyone's, but they're, they're kind of like the the hot team right now. I know a couple of people mentioned they were gonna go 16 and 0, which I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> I mean, they had a great all season. They had a pretty good draft too, man. Uh, they landed a couple impact rookies. I think they're gonna make make an impact right away. But uh, it's that whole Lamar Jackson effect. I know he's a stud. Um, what he's done in his first two seasons as a starting quarterback, you know, obviously he was the MVP last year. But I gotta see him do it in the playoffs before I could pick him, you know, to get to the Super Bowl. Um, right now he's 0-2. Last year I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't put all the blame on him, just because I know. I mean. The Titans were a bad matchup for them in the first place. And I know his receivers weren't making any plays or all that. They had a couple of drop passes. But um, I just got to see Lamar do it once before, you know, picking him to be my Super Bowl favorite. I'm not picking against my home, man. I think this, for me, personally, it was easier for me to pick the, on the AFC side than the NFC. Just because <laughs> I think the NFC is so even. But the AFC, uh, you know, hopefully, and I'm assuming Mahomes is staying healthy. Um, I'm not picking against him. I don't have to feel like I am. And then you saw what they did in the offseason. Uh, drafted the running back from LSU. I don't want to butcher his name because I know uh, yeah. it's kind of long or whatever. But I like what I like what they got him, and he's actually coming gonna come in handy because um, Damian Williams, you know, opted out of the season because of the whole COVID thing. So he's gonna make an impact right away. But yeah, man, I like him to run it back. They took care of Mahomes, gave him that huge contract, rightfully deserved. They took care of Chris Jones. Kelsey, everyone. So I think it's just kind of like let's run it back type of thing. And they got the chemistry, like I mentioned earlier, that's going to be very important. They've done it. They know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. And that's going to be, and I think that's an advantage for them just because of the whole COVID thing. And you mentioned like teams who might have had a huge turnover and roster wise, kind of, you know, you need those mini camps. You need those full training camps yeah. you know, to kind of get together. And maybe they're teams that have brand new coaches implementing a new system you know we all know that might take a while so with the Chiefs I don't expect them to miss a beat um they've had Andy Reid they have Mahomes they have everybody coming back so that's why I got them in the Super Bowl and I, I Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl is, looks good right now but well a lot of things to change before so yeah. that's my pick for that right now that's the definitely the pick. I definitely think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. The only only team that could contend with them are the Baltimore Ravens. That's because of Lamar Jackson. That's because of Brown. There have been some talks about Antonio Brown joining the Ravens um, that I've been hearing. But the Chiefs definitely could win it. They did draft, like you said, Clyde Edwards. Um, Hilaire, I believe that's how you say his last name. I think Damian Williams did opt out of this season. So that's going to be interesting moving forward as well. Some players, like you say, are going to opt out. They might get sick with COVID. That's the only only way I see the Chiefs not winning it. I want to give other AFC teams some love as well. Let me not just discredit. This is NFL. Anything can happen. You do have the Buffalo Bills bringing back Josh Allen, and they traded for Stephon Diggs. They're always good on defense. If they get that offense rolling up in Buffalo, they definitely have a chance. You have Ben Roethlisberger um, coming back from an injured season with the Steelers. You have Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis, who all they needed was a quarterback last year, and they probably could have won more games. The Cleveland Browns are so talented on offense and defense. It's just, can they win? So there's a lot of teams in AFC, but... Patrick Mahomes is just that he's at there at the pinnacle. Like, can you can you get to Patrick Mahomes level? What do you think about those other teams that I mentioned? 
Yeah, one sleeper team that I have, and uh, you didn't mention them. I like what the Indianapolis coach did this offseason. I know they got Phillip Rivers on a one-year deal. And I know he has a history of not coming through in the past. But I think he's in a different situation now with uh, Frank Reich. So I think that's going to help him. He's finally going to have a healthy, you know, elite offensive line protect him. So he's going to have time to kind of sling it up there. Hopefully, you know, the second-year receiver, Paris Campbell, I think if he stays healthy, they didn't have him last year. But if he stays healthy this year, I think he's going to be able to make an impact. They still got T.Y., they got a couple of good weapons out there. Traded for the Forrest Buckner, yeah, and they um, they drafted Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin as well. They drafted Taylor, so I mean, when you see their roster, you can't say that there's another team that's way in the head of both of them talent wise. So that's true. Um, I like the Colts. I'm not saying they're gonna make the Super Bowl, or, you know, but I, I I think they're gonna. I'm actually picking them to win that division over oh. the Texans. Over the Texans. So, yeah, um, I think the I mean, the, I mean they are going to take a step back you, when you trade, you know, Hopkins and you get nothing back for him, basically, and you got to do a wide receiver by committee. So I think they're offensively, they're definitely going to take a step back. But when you got Deshaun Watson, anything's possible. So I can see the coach winning that division, definitely, because all they needed was a um, better play at the pro, uh, quarterback position last year. And they got Phillip Rivers. I think that's definitely an upgrade. They're, they were great on defense. They got some playmakers around, um, you know, Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the Colts will do. I like that, but I think it's going to be Chiefs, Ravens, AFC Championship if Lamar Jackson could finally get over that hurdle and win a playoff game. I mean, Baltimore has the formula. He can. He's a better passer than people think he is. So I definitely think. And if they get Antonio Brown in there, that's definitely going to be a plus as well. So I like the Chiefs and are the Ravens to make the Super Bowl. So you're going with the Chiefs versus the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? As of right now, yes. August 30th, 2020. <laughs> that's my prediction. I am. So it is subject to change. I do have that right. Might change right before the season. Uh, hopefully no, like there's no significant injuries in training camp. I know they're almost done with that. Uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm leaning towards right now. And I know some people are probably going to be listening to this and, and yelling. The Tennessee Titans, we didn't forget about them either. <laughs> I just think with Tennessee, they do have, they still have a pretty good roster. I mean, they kept Derrick Henry, which you know I, I didn't think they were going to do. Yeah. But I just feel when you have that type of offense, and then you know they did sign uh, Tannehill to that big four-year deal. Um, we all know the NFL is the league when it comes to is the top league when it comes to adjusting. And I just have a feeling that they might take a step back. And I think teams are going to figure out that whole little uh, the run game and how to stop it and kind of make Tannehill beat you, which is still they'll be t- to be determined to see if he could do that. So I think the Titans, talent-wise, they, they're pretty stacked too, dude. They have a pretty good defense, and you know that they, they still have a good offensive line. I know they drafted Isaiah Wilson in um, the first round, the tackle out of uh, Georgia. But yeah, they still have a good offensive line. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Derrick Henry is still a monster. I, I'm still expecting him to do big things. But I have a feeling that defenses are kind of – will start to figure out how to limit that run game and make Tannehill beat them. They're going to see a lot of eight-man boxes. So we'll see if Tannehill could do it. But, um, I mean, obviously they're still a contender. But I think I just think they're going to take a small step back. Yeah, I could definitely see them taking a step back, especially if the um, Indianapolis coach is better than they are last year and, you know, win about two or three more games than they won last year. That means, you know, that they're probably going to take a step back. A couple of those wins could be one or two of the wins could be against the Tennessee Titans. So, yeah, I definitely could see that happening. But I just don't think anybody's – even though Tennessee did beat the Baltimore Ravens last year, I think that was the perfect – 
matchup for Tennessee. It was a very bad matchup for the Ravens, but I think it's going to be Chiefs-Ravens AFC. And if I had to pick a winner, I hope Lamar Jackson wins that game because I really would love to see Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl. You know what a you know a comp, what type of season would it be when you have a if you have a black quarterback lifting the you know Lombardi Trophy at the end? That would just be a, a way to end the season. So I would love to see Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, um, Patrick Mahomes is half black himself, so he could lift the trophy again himself. That would be such an amazing, amazing way to end the season. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Thanks for doing this episode with me. Great episode. Great episode. You don't show up often. I have to, you know, pull you out of nowhere to get an episode in, man. <laughs> yeah, you know it's going to be a special episode when I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> making that rare guest appearance. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited, dude. You know how much I love the NFL and, you know, yeah. and the game of football. So, you know, when the NFL season's running around, you know you're going to have you're gonna see me more on the podcast because I got my daily rants I go to. Definitely, but, uh, definitely. Yeah, dude, it was a good day today, man. Got another podcast episode in me, and then, you know, obviously when my Vikings traded for Yannick, can't complain about that. So hopefully, you know, we'll see a Minnesota-Dallas NFC championship, and you know, obviously <laughs> Minnesota's going to get, you know, smash up. But, you know, in a perfect world, that would happen. But Definitely, you know. definitely, definitely. Great episode, great episode. Once again, please arrest the cops that kill Elijah McCain. Please arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. Please arrest the cops that shot Jacob Blake seven times in the back. We forgot to mention earlier we lost a very, very, very special um, person this a couple of days ago, actually, right? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Friday. It was Friday night, man. The legendary Chadwick Boseman, man. The- Black Panther. I was actually watching the movie right now before we started this podcast. Right. But, definitely. That was yeah. definitely a sad sad news. Very vast news. Definitely rest in peace to Chad Bozen. Who, man, he was an inspiration of so many um, young kids, adults, uh, you know, prayers to his family. Um, nobody even knew he was, I'm not many people, I didn't know that he was even battling colon cancer and just to be doing the movies that he was doing and battling that disease for four years is just a amazing accomplishment in itself. So we definitely wanted to get that in here as well. Please, please stay safe. COVID is still out there and everybody that's protesting, that's um, all the players that's boycotting, please, please continue to do this. We really need this right now. Couch Talk Sports. <laughs>